And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasmans, presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com. And listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks made out of bamboo. This week, I am joined by Trevor Olson, Max Veach, and our producer, Jack Mason. My name is Gage Osmus. Um, let's get into our uh, weekend recap here, brought to you by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. T-shirts, head covers, stickers for the man cave, flags, polos. They've got it all. Good Minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there. Go and check out Beauty Status on all socials. Their website is www.beautystatushky.com. Ols, what did you get up to? Yeah, I got uh, I got off my ass this weekend. Um, just kind of chilled on Friday, and then on Saturday, uh, Matt Van uh, Boris reached out to me. Another White Bear Lake um, residence. Now he uh, he was the one that hooked us up with the house up here. We went out and grabbed some beers, turned into some pull tabs. All of a sudden, we were six tall boys deep, and it was a heck of a Saturday night. Um, just at a local watering hole. Nothing too crazy. Bear Bear Town. Bear, Bear Town, I think it's called. Um, really nice joint, really cheap beers uh, for the city. So we enjoyed ourselves there. Sunday was a lazy day. And then yesterday, Monday, I got back up on the skates. If you've been following the old tweeter, you've seen me live, live tweet out some stuff. Uh, you know what? It was a fantastic time. Haven't been that excited for hockey in a long, long time. Um but I'm feeling it today. I'm, I'm fucking hurting, but uh, I missed it. It was fun. It was fun to get out there, skate, move the puck a little bit, score a G-dub. That's my weekend. I like it. Yeah. How are they? So, you know, how are the, were the legs feeling worse or the lungs feeling worse when, you know, you're skating? Yeah. The first, the first 10 shifts, it's the lungs. And then you get kind of competitive and you start stopping and starting. And then all of a sudden the legs go and then you're fucked. Then you're like, all right, I got 45 minutes left of this skate. Like, how am I going to get through? <laughs> oh, yeah. I always catch myself looking at the clock. Like, oh. like, I'm looking at how much time we got left. And I'm like, you know, like when you're playing a real hockey game, you're like, and you're down, you're like, oh, fuck. We don't have that much time left. It's going quick. Yeah. And then when you're up, you're like, go quicker. Yeah. When you're in beer league, you're just like, go quicker because I need yeah. to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> you get off the ice right now. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it was horrible, but it was good. My move in that situation is you always go to the bench with somebody else, and you make sure they get in front of you, so you're one person from a little bit further back every single yeah. time. And that extra like ten <laughs> seconds you get on there seems to make all the difference. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a good competitive skate though. It was all old Division One, Division Three guys, couple pro guys. Um, it was a good skate. I sat on the bench. Um, usually I like to start the first shift, you know, 
kind of feel it out, but I, I needed to see like the pace of play and it was, it was pretty quick. I mean, it was pretty skilled. It was, it was, a, it was a tough skate. So now was this a, was this a league also, or is it kind of just a skate put together? It's a, it's a skate put together. They, they do it on Monday nights and it's just uh, a bunch of old hockey guys. It's a little, it's more competitive than a normal men's league probably. Yeah, that's that's better though because you know if you're if if you're not in the league and you're just putting together teams, there's not as much of animosity and yeah. guys kind of like, you know, there's no one really fighting for a playoff spot out there like the record, so it typically doesn't get as chippy. I yeah. think like, in terms yeah. of guys, you know, whacking each other. Yeah, it's more it's more of a clean hockey game. Like there were people making plays. You know, you got some tunnel visioners out there, but that's you know that's expected. Uh, I know that I get I get the little tunnel vision. I like to throw a little dangler too out there, look off my my liney back door. But um, you know, it was, it was it was a competitive skate. Nice, awesome. Beach, Beach, what did you get up to this weekend? Um, yeah, it was just wedding stuff all weekend. Not mine. Uh, buddy was getting married um, up in the Champlain area, and so I was going back and forth, up and down a hundred uh, Friday night to the groom's dinner, and then back down here. And then Saturday, woke up to a text saying the schedule had changed, and we had to be there earlier than expected, and actually had to come dressed instead of getting dressed there. So it was a bit of a panic rush in the morning there, trying to figure everything out. And you know, once you get there, you figure out wasn't that big of a deal anyway they just wanted everybody there so i understand it but man did that make the morning go by fast <laughs> yeah. um and then you know being being in a wedding there you're sitting there drinking in the the groom's dressing room or whatever sitting waiting for the pictures and everything else to happen and by the end of the night you found out that you've had you know a hell of a lot of drinks and you know we were adding them up in the hotel room afterwards and i, I have a question for you guys when was the last time you hit a cycle of drinks out on a night out. And what I mean by that is beer, wine, rum, vodka, gin, tequila, whiskey, and scotch. Get them all. Not for a while because whenever I do that, it's like drinking jungle juice. It's like you are, you might as well be a corpse the next day. You might as well have a grave almost d- dug <laughs> for you already because you might die. That's, yeah, I haven't done that. I haven't done that in a while. That's incredible. That's like the fucking cycle in a baseball game. That's yeah. that's a recipe for disaster for me, boys. That's a puke in a puke in a spin cycle. The, yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't have been the only one. There was a couple other people that were doing the same thing as me, and they they ended up in that situation there. But um, you bring up jungle juice, and like the one that got got me feeling not so great. We had a couple of blue Hawaiians. And so that's rum, blue curacao, and pineapple juice. And it tastes great, but adding that on top of all the other like smoky stuff and whiskeys and everything else was not a great combination. So yeah, Sunday was, uh, you know, sit at the hotel until the, the minute before checkout where you got to walk out of there and just try and get your life together a little bit. And so, you know, wound up with a couple of other people going and finding a nice breakfast joint, fat Nats eggs. If you haven't been wonderful, brings you right back to life. They've got a couple of different locations. So shout out to them. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a hell of a lot of fun. Right so, yeah. That's a great spot. spot. I didn't even, I didn't know that was a, I didn't know that was a little chain. Yeah. I think they got that's three good. or four in the metro area. Nice. Sounds like a hell of a weekend. Yeah. Mace, it was great. Mace, what'd you get up to? Uh, not a whole lot. It was a pretty slow weekend for me. Um, 
half of my roommates are like out of the state right now and then the other one works like night shifts so it's pretty much just me all week until the weekend so friday got off work had a long week so just blasted music and drank beer and then saturday i uh, had some buddies over and then just had a pong tournament nothing special but ended up getting a little bit too messed up woke up on the couch had no idea what was going on and I could barely Mace, keep my eyes open Mace, on Sunday, so. Mace, can I cut you off here a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Friday, you said you're you're drinking beer, blasting music. You know, as a single guy, are you firing off any you up texts during that time <laughs> to any women around the area? Or I mean, uh, you, the you Tinder game the has been on the up recently. <laughs> I've um, been getting back into the game a little bit. I remember those single days all too well where, you know, I'm, I'm in that, I'm listening to music, you know, drinking some beers and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to fire off a couple feelers, put a, <laughs> put a couple lines in the water here, see if anyone's out there. After four beers, it's just automatic. I don't, I don't know. I can't keep my fingers away from my phone. <laughs> Run out of swipes on Tinder and you got to go to like Instagram and start shooting off DMs and replying to stories. <laughs> All when you, wake, when you wake up the next you wake up the next morning and read all the shit you sent out and you're like, Jesus like oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh. Just, that's when you're just memory of a goldfish didn't happen, yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> that wasn't me that wasn't that was someone else sending those texts it wasn't me yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was a good weekend pretty relaxed didn't do a whole lot so next weekend we'll be a little more busy how'd you do on the pong table I uh, took second, unfortunately. I got a little too messed up and ended up missing like every shot in our fourth game. So, <laughs> sorry, Logan, kind of fucked the yeah. team a little bit. But usually, how it goes, though. I mean, when oh, you're yeah. winning, when you're winning early, it's tough to win late. And I was making some, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was making some margs, and oh, it was it was a recipe for disaster. Oh yeah, whenever you got a friendly on the side and you're finishing the cups, that's when you're fucked. <laughs> Uh, I like it. Um, all right. I guess that brings me to my weekend. I started off Friday. I got off work at about 4.30. Um, at about 3, I decided I found out my friend Keaton Thompson with the Mil- Milwaukee Admirals was in Winnipeg playing the Moose Friday. And uh, they played Friday and s- – no, they played Thursday and Saturday. So I ended up bringing – couple of my friends up to winnipeg friday night we drove up got an airbnb um we got a three-bedroom airbnb for 111 dollars now i was each or total around, what each or total total wow total. Oh, holy shit yeah and i was i was going up i i was looking at hotel rooms i was calling every hotel i was like all right what do you, what do you got available uh we got a single bedroom king you know for 250 we got a double bed for, you know, 300. So I'm like, what the hell? I look on Airbnb, 111 a night, three bedrooms. I mean, how, do, how is that even possible? <laughs> it doesn't, what, it doesn't what, make sense. What, what would you have paid for that room, for that uh, Airbnb? I would have paid 250 Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Because I would have had to pay the same amount for a hotel room. Yeah, with a single bed. Yeah. For and sure. I, I just... I, I couldn't believe it. That's why you bargain shop. I love that. Way to do I'll tell you right now, it was $180 for one night in Coon Rapids on Saturday. So, yeah, you came out on top. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it. But 
Um, so yeah, you, they didn't even play that day. We basically just went down to hang out. So we got there. Um, we go to the local to grab dinner right next to the, I forget what the arena is called there. We get dinner there with Tom or Keaton Thompson and uh, Nick Jones, also Nodak guys playing for the, for the Moose. Yep, Jonesy's up there. It's, it's a little bit of a psycho. Love Thank that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psycho. <laughs> um, so we went there. Then we went to the Shark Club, you know, did some gambling, you know, did the whole Winnipeg experience. Um, you know, even even popped their, even popped their heads into the local Ripper there just to see what was going on and then popped Absolutely. straight out when I was – when we were just scared, like we kind of walked in, it was like, ah, oh, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> then went home and then we just drove home um, Saturday. Just drove home Saturday morning. We basically just drove the night up there to have a night out in Winnipeg. Um, good city, you know. I can't believe people decided to, uh, so many people just decided to plant themselves up there and stay, but yeah. they did. Um, so good for them. I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed a night in Winnipeg. It was a it was a pretty good time. It wasn't too shabby. You usually always have just an interesting yes. experience in Winnipeg. It's just yeah. a little different experience. You know, you're in a different country. I know it's Canada, but you're like, ah, we're in a different country. It's kind of cool, different money. You know, um, they've got poutine and they've got Caesars. You know, it's good shit. But yeah, then we just drove home in the morning, and on Saturday, I. Uh, I went to the, when I got home, kind of just laid down for a bit. And then I went to the North Dakota state championship game, Red River versus Fargo South. Um, I had to check out how the Red River boys were doing because I did give the Red River boys a, a, a pre-state speech, inspirational, motivational speech. Um, and did I was, I was, I was full write, on ready. Did you write the speech down or was it right off the top of the noggin? I, I wrote some bullet point notes that I wanted to follow. I wish I had prepared more. It was a little sloppy. I had to go back to my notes a few times. And I was like, ah, fuck, I hate this. You know, I just wanted to flow. I just wanted to flow and I didn't do enough preparation. Um, but overall, I thought it was decent. I, it was a good message. So I was full on prepared to claim a state championship if Red River won. Unfortunately, they they lost and I think double OT or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was ready. You know, I was going to be tweeting. You know, I got just got my first state championship. Um, it was all due to me. You know, I was really pumped to say that, and um, didn't turn out. Fargo ended up getting the win, um, which I, I did want to share with you guys before I get into my Sunday here. I did want to share with you guys. So they played Fargo South. Red River played Fargo South in the state championship. Red River had two losses all season, both to Fargo South. Now. They go play so in North Dakota, their section, their sections are called EDC. So they're both in the same EDC, and they both play in the championship game of the EDC to go to the state tournament. Both teams make the state tournament, so the, the both teams in the championship game they bait and they make the state tournament. So they're they're already in. Well, Fargo South sat all like all of their starters, sat all of their starters. They started their third string goalie and they lost eight to three against red river. And everyone, obviously everyone in grand forks is like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, why are they starting their third string goalie? And like, and I don't know, there's a bunch of speculation. Like why would the coach ever do that? You know, like you kind of want to be rolling in the state. Like you want your goalie to be rolling. Like, 
why would they do that? And all I can think of is like, this coach is so superstitious. He's like, it's hard. You can only beat a team three times. We don't want to beat them tonight. We're going to throw this game and just try to beat them the third time in state. <laughs> but just that's the way it worked out. I mean, it worked out for him, but it's like, what a fucking weird play. You know, yeah. like to sit your goalie, to sit your starters and play a bunch of JV guys in this championship game of the EDC. It's like, I don't know, it was a weird play, but it worked out for him. Give give the young guys some experience. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a bunch of people in Grand Forks were kind of pissed about it. They're like, what the hell is that? It's always disrespectful, whatever. But um, anyways, I wanted to share that. And then my Sunday. So I did I did just go home after that game because I had a long Sunday. I had to work in Fargo all day. So we go down to we drive down to Fargo at 6.30 a.m. Have ourselves a great day working all day. We end up leaving at 6 p.m. Stop at a gas station get myself a you know it's kind of I was hungry for dinner but I did want to get home and I knew I had dinner at home which is about an hour away so I'm like all right I just need something to tie myself over here um I'm not gonna get a gas station chicken sandwich I'll just you know be a little disciplined and get myself a beef stick so got myself some beef sticks ate some beef sticks from this gas station you know it's about 30 minutes into the drive home and I had some plans to uh, meet up with the North, North Dakota guys. They they all went, uh, they're having a couple pops over at the bun. And I was just going to go talk to them and see, you know, what they had to say and how the weekend went. And uh, it's about 30 minutes in the drive home. My, you know, my stomach starts like, oh, I'm like sitting there driving like, oh, what? Oh, that doesn't feel good. You know, <laughs> that, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> and then I end up getting home and I'm like, your butthole's doing one of these. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, I start like sweating and I'm like, oh, like, why does oh, my yeah. stomach hurt so bad? And then all of a sudden, I'm just like out of nowhere, I'm just boom, boom, puked. Run to the toilet, puke, just oh. chuck up, chuck up everything, all the beef sticks, everything. Oh. And I proceeded to, that was at 7 p.m., my first puke. I proceeded to puke until my last puke was at 7 a.m. So, Jesus. So you went 18. 24 hours. You went 24 hours without sleep because there's no way you're sleeping in between pukes. Oh no, no, yeah, I I didn't sleep all night. Not even a, not even a second because as soon as I as soon as I would puke, I would get off puking obviously, and you know my my ribs hurt so bad right now because I was dry heaving so much because if I drank water. It was an automatic puke right after. But if yeah. I didn't, I was still going to puke later. And when I went to puke later, there was just nothing in there. So I'm just dry heaving, just my stomach's trying to puke itself up out through my throat, which obviously isn't going to happen. Yeah. So it's just painful. So I'm like drinking water, puking, then like trying to like drink different amounts of water so I wouldn't puke, but then ended up, you know, it was just an absolute... It was insane. And my ribs still hurt from it. And this was Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, my ribs still hurt from it, which is crazy. But yeah, it was, that was probably the most sick I've ever been in that in a short period of time. I feel fine right now, but. Sounds um, absolutely miserable. It was, it was one of the worst nights of my life. Like I was so pissed that I ate that beef stick. <laughs> I was so rattled. I was just like, what? The fuck did you do? 
Oh, instant. I was just like, now I probably can't eat beef sticks for fucking years, you know? <laughs> I, I'm probably going to look at them for two years and be like, those look disgusting. And that sucks because I like beef sticks. <laughs> but yeah, that was my Sunday. It was it was just terrible, but it was quite the eventful weekend. You know, yeah. I had a lot of had a lot of shit going on. So lived a, lived a lot of life during those weekend days. But um, we'll move on. We'll move on past that here to our predictions. Um, and our first one here, we've got six. We've got six games this week. There's a lot of there's a lot of the line in college hockey. Some of the tournaments have started. Some of the teams are battling to get into the NCAA tournament position themselves and pairwise. Um, our first game is going to be Friday night, Lindenwood at Alaska. Alaska favored by a goal and a half, over under five and a half. Does anyone want to start us off? I'll start it off and I'll take uh, Alaska and the points. Well, I mean, not. Friday night at Alaska, Lindenwood's going to be tired from traveling. Alaska's a good team. It's not must win for Alaska. I like that Mace. Yeah, good call. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Mace here. I'm gonna go Alaska as well. I love the Nanooks. I saw a tweet from Bo Bennett. He used to play for Denver. Played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He now lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, I saw a tweet that he said like these guys were absolute weapons. Might be my favorite college hockey team, you know, ever or whatever right now. And um, I'm assuming he saw those fellas out. Saturday night after they swept Arizona State, because I'm assuming those guys went out in in Scottsdale after they they swept Arizona State, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that sounds um, like an unreal uh, place to sweep in. That's automatic yeah. green light. Yeah, but Beach. Lindenwood has Lindenwood's played some. They they played some good teams tough. So. I have to ride Alaska again uh, after last weekend. The storyline is too good not to. Um, they're sitting at 12 right now. I don't know that a win against Lindenwood would move them up, but, you know, one win, because it happened on Saturday or Friday night, one win against um, Arizona State, who is not ranked either, put them up from 17 all the way to 12, and then they just stayed there. So, uh, I have my doubts about whether or not they could push them up based on who's above them right now, maybe with a little bit more help and some people struggling. But, yeah, give me give me Alaska. Those guys are, are fighting for the first independent berth since 2019, I think, when Arizona State did it last. So uh, I think they can get it done, especially Friday. I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with the over five-and-a-half goals Friday in Alaska – I think Alaska puts up four. Lindenwood puts up two in the over the over hits. I like it. Did you guys see uh, Lindenwood was scrapping at their game this weekend, this past weekend? No. Yeah. I think yeah, it was against little... the other Alaska team, too. Oh, so they're, so they're posted up in Alaska right now. Lindenwood might be. Uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, I bet you. I guess I don't know for sure. There. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll move on to the second game here, Friday night. Vermont at Mer- Merrimack. Merrimack's favored by two and a half goals. Over-unders at five and a half. Now, Veach put together all these, you know, scenarios and storylines for all these uh, matchups we got this week. So I'll, I'll read them off here. So Merrimack's only one point out of first in Hockey East. They could win the Hockey East, but they're, you know, surprisingly enough, 
they're still not guaranteed to get into the tournament with a win in the regular season. They still got to win that Hockey East um, championship and or make it pretty deep in there. Yeah, so again, this is one of those scenarios where Vermont is an unranked team. Not to say that they're bad, but I think they will be better in upcoming years, no doubt, with a a lot of Minnesota talent that's coming in there. One correction, this is only a one-game game between these two. It's not actually a series, and it's on Saturday night. So they've only got one game to go up a little bit more. Merrimack sitting at 17 right now. You know, your cutoff is actually 15 because Atlantic Hockey isn't going to have a ranked team. So they're going to have to take one of those 16 spots away. And having only one ranked team or one ranked, one unranked win as a potential to move up is going to be pretty tough, regardless of how well you do it. You're going to need a lot more help. So, yeah, they're going to have to at least make it to the championship game, if not win it. Um, But like you mentioned, if they win this game, and you don't see a win out of BU or Northeastern this weekend, they win Hockey East and they could miss the tournament. So it's it's a wild scenario, in my opinion, that that is still a possibility of happening, especially with how Northeastern played last weekend. Uh, BU, I have a little bit more faith in, but they've got a tough opponent coming up too. We'll get to that next. Um, I think Merrimack does it. Again, I'm, I'm riding these storylines here. Give me Merrimack. I'll, I'll lay the points here. Um, I want to see some of the some of the chaos potential scenarios come out here. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to take the under. <clears throat> yep, Ols, I like that. I'm also going under on this one as well. I think they're going to. I think Merrimack kind of shuts them out, scores a couple goals, wins the game. Yeah. Um, I do like. I think Merrimack's. You know they've. Anytime you can win the the regular season in, in in Hockey East, I mean that's insane. I don't know if I don't know if Merrimack's ever won Hockey East before. That'd be something to look up. Maybe Ash Schlossman, he probably knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's get, let's call him right now. You got Schloss's number? <laughs> yeah. Should I call him right now and ask him? <laughs> <laughs> Schlossy, what's up, my boy? Has Merrimack ever won? <laughs> all right for mine just looking at merrimack's past games they're flirting right around that five goal six goal mark i'm taking the over all right seems like they can score but they also let them in so yeah i'm taking the over A- another wild storyline here um Merrimack was ranked as high as three in the pairwise this year, which is insane. It was insane. They should have never been that high. If you have read anything that I've either written or posted online, you would already know that that's my opinion. But the, the, the way that people were riding them for Hockey East when they had you know a pretty, pretty favorable schedule was kind of nuts to me. And the math was just working out. And that's where I thought that there was some flaws in the pairwise system. But here we are at the end of the year. It's a scenario where they could win Hockey East and miss it out. So uh, I look a little bit like an idiot, which I'm fine with. I'm used to that anyway. But, man, has it been a roller coaster for them this year. I love these storylines. I did too. This is great. I hope I hope they win Hockey East so bad and then miss the tournament. That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a tough part. <laughs> yeah. That's the only. That's probably the only regular season champ that, other than the Atlantic League, that wouldn't make the tournament. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. We'll move on to the next one here. Another Hockey East matchup Saturday. BU 
at Providence. BU's favored by a goal and a half. We got the over-under as set at six. Now, here's the storyline for this one. First games between both programs all year. Haven't seen each other yet. BU fighting for the Lamarillo Trophy with one point and two points leads over Merrimack and Northeastern. Providence needs to make hockey's championship to get an at-large bid. Yeah, so where that's coming from, Providence is at 23 right now. Um, They basically need to, if they don't win both of these games, they need to make, if not win, that that Hockey East Championship to to get the automatic bid because I don't see how they're going to leapfrog all these other Hockey East teams to make an at-large bid, but getting all the way up to 15 here. So uh, I think that they actually have to win that tournament, not even just make it to the championship. Um, I would have to go look at, I think College Hockey News has a nice little table that tells you exactly what the percentages are down to like decimal points. Um, but it's a really long shot for them. But they've beaten good teams this year and having no track record against BU, it's it's kind of crazy. So my other thoughts on this being Providence is starting a freshman goalie this year who has been hot at times, but also been pretty bad. Um, and BU not necessarily a defensive team. They've got a lot of offensive power. So I think this one goes to the over. I agree. I agree. Over. All right. I like that. I'm going to, I do like the over on that one. That sounds intriguing, Um, but I'm just going to take BU and the goals. They're going to win by two, maybe an empty netter in there, but BU's, BU's got hockey East on the line. They're not going to fuck around this weekend. They're going to bring it. I like it. Mace, what do you got? We're doing the Saturday game at Providence. I was going to do under, but I'm going to take Providence and the points. I think we'll keep it close. I like that. It's a great choice. I think it could could happen. I mean, I think it it will happen. I think that – if Providence is is going to have a game, it's not going to be in BU. I like I like them to win on Saturday, straight up. Honestly, it's got to take momentum into their their tournament. So I guess you know whatever it makes sense. Yeah, I don't like it, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, we'll move on to the next one here. Saturday, Mercyhurst at RIT. RIT favored by two and a half goals. Over-unders at five and a half. Now, this is the start of the Atlantic Hockey Tournament. RIT is the number one seed. They do need to win this playoff tournament to make the NCAA tournament. So, they've got something to play for. Who wants to start? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, you go first, this one. Um, you left out this little stat here that says Mercyhurst has a tie and a 1-0 loss against them in two games this year. So I'm, I'm oh gonna, yes, I'm going to slam. I'm going to slam the under. Good that's, call. That's the only explanation I need right there. Chances of it going, chances of it going three and zero on the under though, it's probably going to be like a seven four game. So if I really yeah. to pick the over, I need I like- to see what their their tie was. I'm just gonna yeah. try and look it up real quick here. Um, I like I like that they've tied and lost. I like that they've been really close games this year. That means I'm gonna take RIT minus two and a half goals. They're gonna win by three and then I'll blow them out on Saturday. See you later. Season's done. Have fun golfing. Have fun going to spring break. 
Uh, Mercyhurst, nice season. Congrats. Well Back done. We'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> Back it up. So Trevor, the the tie was four to four. So that was no. that was up there in terms of goals. But I, I, I misread. But I'm going the under still. Okay, I was going to say with with that being said, all the games around that were three zero three one one zero five one five three. So I mean, you're getting fifty fifty shot on whether it's going over or under this with with um, RIT this year. So, um, yeah, uh, give me the over. I think it is going to be a really close game. I think that Mercyhurst plus two and a half is like really tantalizing, especially on a Saturday if they're fighting for their life. Um, but I think it's just going to be a lot of goals there and it's either going to be RIT is up by a lot and just, you know, lets a couple go by them because they're just resting some people or, you know, they're really fighting, you know, punches back and forth and, and letting them go in there. I don't see either of these goalies having a, a really stellar night. So um, give me the over. I like it. I like that. I was going to take the over as well. But I, I think Mercy Hurst keeps it close. Yeah, I love Mace just going out on a limb here and taking the opposite of everything. I love two and it. a half just seems like way too much for the slate in the season. It's a large task. Very, I feel like very. I, I, I guess yeah. how East is it's, different. NC is much yeah. tougher. It's going to be Saturday night. Mercy Hurst is going to be down one zero in the series, and they're going to be like, "Well, if I can." Do we really want to play on Sunday or just have our weekend and get into the off season? And that's what they're going to do. Well, here's the thing. It's the Atlantic though. Right. Literally any of those teams can <laughs> yeah, win it and make true. it into the national tournament. So that's like, true. <laughs> I would not be surprised to see like Canisius come out of there again. Like it's, it's been oh, RIT yeah. or AIC the last couple of years in terms of fighting for the top there. So yes, those are the favorites. RIT is by far and away. I think the best in that conference right now. But I think every one of those teams has a shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is that all the picks in for that one? Yep. All right. We'll move on to the next one here. Big 10 Friday night, Michigan State at Notre Dame. This one's a pick 'em. The over under set at six. Um, The loser is done for the year. Winner doesn't necessarily need to win Big 10 tourney, but needs to rack up some wins to make the tournament. Yeah, so this is your your bubble scenario here. Notre Dame sitting at 13 right now in the pairwise, so technically they're in, but they would be one of the first two teams that's out if you've got an underdog winning either of these other two tournaments here. Um, so they feel like they need to win, whereas you're talking about a Michigan State. They're at 19 right now. They need some wins to get an at-large bid, um, but as it sits right now, they're they're sitting on the outside looking in. So. A um, lot of lot to fight for for both of them. I would say Notre Dame's got a little bit more leeway. With that being said, um, both of them have really good goaltenders. Uh, I think both of them have uh, a pretty good defensive scheme. I don't see this one being as high of a shootout as some of the other ones. I want to take Notre Dame outright, but I want to take the under more than anything. So give me give me the under. And I hate rooting for the under, but give it to me, especially in the Big Ten. But it's nice when it hits, Beach. It's nice when it hits. Um, Smart play. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Michigan State. Money line. They won the last two games against Notre Dame, 3-0, 3-2. I like Michigan State to keep it rolling. That's a good pick. I like that. A little some more research done. Trying to make an educated guess. I like that also. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame here. 
It's at Notre Dame. I love uh, it. Yep, yeah, Friday night. They're gonna they're gonna squeak one out. I, I I actually like the Spartans more for some reason. I know they're ranked um, under Notre Dame, but I think the Spartans have a better team. But Notre Dame's gonna squeak one out Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta take the Golden Domers. I'm taking Notre Dame at home in their barn. Michigan State's been rough. Yeah. That's fair. I, I was going to mention you guys are doing the right thing because I'm seven and one in my last eight. So you guys should absolutely pick the opposite of me right now. There's no <laughs> way to that there's absolutely <laughs> no, mentally impossible. For the record, Gage and I both had perfect weeks last week. So hottest in the room may not be you. <laughs> uh, I will have one asterisk for for betting on this one just so everybody knows it ahead of time if you see that notre dame is wearing their green jerseys in this game bet on them i I feel like they play better in those green sweaters than than their normal you know navy blue ones um or or the white ones that they've got so whatever they're wearing if it's green bet notre dame i like that responsibly obviously yeah Yeah, always responsibly I like that. I also liked Mace calling him the Golden Domers. That was yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, our last our last series here um, is in the NCHC Saturday night, Omaha at North Dakota. This one's a pick'em as well. Over unders at five and a half. Now, Nodak needs to win both these games to not finish to finish above five hundred in conference play. Now there's only two there's only two teams in the NCHC that have finished. I don't know how to say this, I guess. So Duluth and North Dakota are the only two teams in the NCHC that have only finished one season under 500 in conference play. Correct. And this is Duluth's first year because they just This is guaranteed. Duluth's first year. No, yep. if North Dakota if North Dakota doesn't get it, it's their second year. So Duluth only has one, but they are Historically, the best two teams in the NCHC so thus far in the league history. Um, so North Dakota does have something to play for, but Omaha's playing for, I think, the third or fourth seed here between them and St. Cloud. So um, Technically, they could, they could keep number two as well. Yeah. But they would so have to win out and get a little bit of help. I'm gonna which go is on. odd. Which is odd saying that about Omaha. I've, I can't remember the last time they've had a home series. Um for the playoff they they never made the frozen face off is that a correct stat um, I, I believe so not even, that i can recall yeah even all those great teams back in our day they never made the frozen face off they never won their first weekend they, but they did make the frozen four that one year remember we were yeah. in boston yeah and they lost to providence um i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go the over or over. yeah And that's totally against what I think in my head. The NCHC is always, always low scoring. Um, But I think it's going to be like a 3-2 game with an empty netter. So I'm going over. Yeah. This one's tough. This one's tough because I I do think it's going to be a split. And, you know, Omaha's either going to win Friday and Saturday or Saturday and lose Friday. So this one's 50-50 on whoever wins. So that's I'm going to take the 50-50 route here and just go with the boys, Snowdak. Give it to me. 
hopefully they win Saturday. Um, that way I won't be as too mad. If, I'll actually kind of be pumped if they lose Friday because then I'll be like, oh, they're for sure not losing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I agree that it's going to be 50-50, and in that spirit, I have to take Omaha. One of us is going to be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that spirit, I'll take the under. <laughs> All, All right. right. I love it. That's unreal. That's the, that's the pivot game for the week. I love it. Oh, yeah. Let's go. I like that. Well, there's our picks there. Um, I was going to, I was going to try to throw in some, some high school hockey games, but it, it looks like there's just a little too many, um, a little sporadic. And it was just going to be a little too much for me to pick which games we wanted to bet on. But I feel, I feel like we got to ask Veach how he feels about his homeboys only winning 3 2 in an absolute tight matchup. They're I saving saw that those they scored, goals. They scored late too, didn't they? To, yeah. to, to win it? Yeah. 15 seconds left. Oh, yeah. No. So. The, the fucking whole town would have burnt down if they lost that game. Oh, my no, God. No, no, no. Oh, it would have uh, been done. It would have been done. <laughs> Yeah, they've only made like 27 section finals in a row or something. It's they're bound to miss one eventually. Uh, Playing against the North Shore and the boys. <laughs> yeah, so now you know they 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 beat Hibbing Chisholm, won a dual school, and now they have to go up against Rock Ridge with a, which I think is Eveleth, Gilbert, three other Iron Range schools. When did, when did that change? One. When did they? Um, I think this is the second year that they've all been merged together now. Really? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I saw Rock Ridge. I was like, what in the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah I've so never, I've never heard of Rock Ridge before no. he just said it. Yeah. Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's not something a lot of people have heard about. They they have been playing pretty decent. I think they're second in section seven A this year. So they were they had a pretty decent record. I don't think they played oh. more than one double A school, which, you know, why would you, I guess, unless you're a phenomenal team and well-run when, program but when is that game when is that game? uh tomorrow so wednesday so by the time this comes out it was the day prior well we will know what the answer is and how many they're gonna look like a genius or an absolute idiot um but yeah i, I think hermantown wins that one uh, pretty handily like i said they saved all their goals up they don't really have a, a ton of trepidation playing them i think they've played them at least once or twice this year already and it went obviously the way of hermantown they've only lost to warroad and double a schools this year so uh yeah you just they you can't overlook them because they've done that in the past uh, i think that was the year that um greenway beat them to go to state that was five or six years ago now i don't remember exactly but um so it can happen but but give me the hawks in that one you could put the line at four. is that is that the section championship then? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so everyone's complaining about Hermantown just killing everyone. They just beat a team in the last minute. Fifteen seconds that took them to beat the champion, Was he in the championship? You want these guys to just split up? I mean, they right. have a tough time in section semis. Come on. <laughs> right. And then it, don't get me wrong. Rock Ridge just beat Denfeld twelve to one. I think that's worse than Hermantown's beat Denfeld either the last two championship years. So I want to see the outrage going to Rock Ridge now because they're clearly the super powerhouse of section seven A. There's, there's no way Hermantown loses, but I kind of want to see what happens if they do. I think it would be incredible. So I, I'm rooting for Rock Ridge. Uh, hey, I've already got my my defenses and excuses built up. Zam Plant is was in Chicago. Now he's going to Fargo. Just got traded today in the USHL. 
little brother Max is playing for the U17 team. Their two best players are in a much better league for their development. And so if they had them, they would have crushed all these other schools and it would have been a run it back state championship time for them. It wouldn't have even been close. They're still going to win. They're still going to win it all, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I really want a, a, a repeat of last year's state championship game for single A um, in Hermantown and Warroad. I think those two are the elite schools in single A. Um, and they just play each other hard and they play that Northern yeah. style of hockey where it would be able to go up against just about anybody. They are smaller just because they are single A schools. Populations lower. They don't have the size that a lot of the double A schools do, but I, I think that it's been shown all year. They could play with just about anybody. So it's the yeah. most fun. And that's what I want to watch. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. I am, you know, I am going to be going on Thursday to the section state championship game in Thief River Falls, World versus East Grand Forks. EGF's played them tough both times this year, three, two games. Um, hoping we can, you know, lull them to sleep a little bit. Hopefully that first line that averages, you know, three minutes a shift and 45 minutes a night gets a little tired out there. Uh, I'm going to talk to the rink manager, try to turn the heat up a little bit in there. Um, get it warm and get the ice all choppy so they can't glide around as much. And um, I do think, you know, if EGF were to pull off an upset there, you might see them in the state championship game because um, I don't know. I don't know which team would stop them other than Hermantown. Maybe Montemita is up there, but I don't know. So we'll have I to, mean, we'll have to you got some bad history and bad vibes between Hermantown and EGF in that championship game. So, you know, that's, that's <laughs> one team I think Hermantown doesn't want to see there if they make it there again. So, yeah, my, what I want to do, why I want Warroad to make it down there is I need to recruit Carson Pilgrim um, to come with Jason Chagabay all the way to UMD, make the, the pilgrimage, if you will, um, to Duluth. <laughs> The kid is an animal. He's got over 40 goals this year, and he's unsigned right now, has no commitment to go to any of the other schools. I don't know what his age is there, if that's the the deciding factor or not. But um, natural scorer, and Hermantown needs some of that. Yeah. I say Hermantown, Duluth. Same thing, really. (laughs) Yeah, you know what, Veach, before we we move on here, so – I haven't watched I haven't watched much of Duluth this season. I've watched probably four of their games. Um, but I have looked at their stats. Now, Isaac Howard, he was one of my favorite players coming into college hockey because of his draft. His, oh, yeah. his, his, the, he's iced out in the draft wearing the, you know, the the turtleneck and the white yep. tux. Big America nails. belt buckle. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute nails look. Loved that kid. And um, you know, it doesn't I haven't watched him. I know he's played every game. I think he's playing well. He just hasn't racked up as many points as I think they wish he would have. Um, do you have any? Do you have any comments on him? Have you watched him at all? Um, do you know? Do yes. you think like is this a guy who's just going to pop off next year probably and you know be in the Hobie Watch probably because he he's a first rounder. He's got to have some prolific talent. Yeah, Hobie Watch might be a stretch for a sophomore year for somebody of his size right now. I think if he grows a little bit and his game grows with him, um, it, it is a potential, but watch for his junior year, I would say. Um, and that's tough to see out of a first-round draft pick. I know everybody thinks that, but I think that's just the way UMD kind of develops players. He didn't play in every game this year only because he had a game misconduct and had to sit out because he lost his head. Uh, I think that was the Wisconsin series, actually, when they were going back and forth with them. Um, he was one of the ejections there. So 
Um, and he might have missed the next series because of that. So that would have been Cornell. So regardless, he missed a couple of games due to his uh, his antics out there. And that goes to show why I think he needs a little bit more time to develop is the emotional maturity on the ice. He's he's an emotional player, which is great when he's doing well. His confidence skyrockets pretty quickly. But when he's having a tough time out there, it is pretty evident in his his body language out on the ice. Um, and that's not to d- take anything away from the kid. He's ultra talented. He's going places. I think he will see NHL minutes in, in the in the future. Um, but he's he's got to figure out a way to level it out a little bit and then just figure out a, little play, a way to play smart because he's turned it on a little bit more at the end of the year. I think his scoring has picked up quite significantly, not quite to Ben Steves and, you know, leading UMD in t- almost 20 goals as a freshman. But, um, yeah, I think next year it is going to be a, a massive step forward for him and it'll be something to to really look forward to. I think that's something – a lot of players his age have in their game. It's just a little immaturity um, kind of, they can't control their emotions as well as the mature guys, the older guys, that's just something they come into. And obviously this kid just came in straight from high school. Like when you come into college straight out of high school, you are still just a little fucking kid. Like some, some of those guys coming in still barely have any hair on their balls, you know, (laughs) take some time. Like, you're playing against some 25 year olds, you know, and you, you barely hit puberty. Like, yeah, you're going to get a little pissed off out there. Cause you got, you got a grown man fucking giving it to you all night. Yeah. He was used oh. to walking people in U18 with the American Pause. sweater on. Pause. We've got a clip. Whatever was just fucking said. That was. <laughs> <laughs> you got a grown man giving it to you all night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> Fucking clip that shit. Put that in our bloopers. I caught that shit. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, well worth it. But yeah, it, it's one of those things that like he's used to just walking around people and being the star of the show and not being able to do that because you're not as fast or as you know big or you can't just muscle your your way around guys that are forty pounds heavier than you. So. Um, I think he is built like a guy that will be able to do that eventually, but at 18 years old, it's it's tough to do or whatever he is, but young kid. For sure. All right. Well, that'll bring us on to the fun stuff brought to you by Butter Golf. And folks, if you haven't checked out Butter Golf recently, they've recently um, released some of their spring merchandise here, and they've got some hoodies in stock now, which is something new. So go check that out in Butter Golf. Um, now let's get into our nail gun of the week. Does anyone want to start us off? Anybody. I can, uh, I can start us off. <clears throat> um, so on, I think it was Friday or Saturday night. Um, one of our listeners reached out to me. His name is Jeremy and he's asking about the Burt Chrysler show. Cause he said he was going the next day. Um, and he sent me a video. Apparently Burt Chrysler said like, go sue at the end of the national anthem. Really? So I had to. He's gonna be my nail gun of the week. Love that. Fuck okay, yeah, Bert. Well done. The guy that just you know gets on stage and then takes his shirt off and he's got a little barrel and everyone laughs. He he does. He, he pretty much has the most pristine barrel I've ever seen. It is. It's like a good looking barrel. It's like yeah. you don't even like think it's gross. It's just like that's like a nice looking body. It's it's not flabby. It's not flabby. It's tight. You know. It's like yeah. A, yeah. yeah yeah. It almost looks like it's like muscle. Yeah, it's a, it's a dab muscle. 
I don't know if somebody photoshopped it or if it's something that's real. Somebody, uh, I saw a picture of him on the cover of Men's Health. So either that is a, a hilarious, great Photoshop or, you know, props to that guy because you're absolutely right. Like that thing is solid and it's not something that you like necessarily seek out as a person, but it's not something you can look away from once you see it. And it's just like impressive is the, the only word that comes to mind when I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call, Mace. Um, all right. I'll go with mine now. My first one. Now, you know, you see stuff online and you don't know if it's true, but uh, this was a story that seemed like it was from an actual source and it had a picture of this. So it's about a cow. And there was a picture of this cow on this island that I'm about to tell you about. So apparently this cow was on this this uh, truck going to a slaughterhouse to be, you know, made into one of those steaks that we eat. And the cow, the cow kind of got pissed and eventually kicked one of the human's arms, broke the human's arm, and then proceeded to run off. And then it, it actually ran into this water. I don't know if it was like a sea or a lake or something. It ran into the water and swam across the water onto a, uh, a little, a small, tiny island that, you know, has like trees and stuff, but no one lives on it. No, there's like no access to it. So this cow made it all the way to the island. And apparently like people have taken pictures. It's It's been there for like a couple of years now. And it's just still living, just eating grass on this island and just escaped death. So I did want to shout out that cow for being a nail gun, just escaping death, you know, breaking a guy's arm and then just swimming away to freedom. It's a pretty, pretty cool story. <laughs> You have seen the most wild nail guns I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And then um, my second one is a guy named Frankie Munez. You guys <laughs> probably know him from The Big Fat Liar. He's kind of a, <clears throat> a child <laughs> film star. You say The now, Big Frank Fat Liar, like Malcolm in the Middle didn't exist. Yeah, yeah Malcolm in the Middle. All these, I mean, Frankie Muse, is a, he's a legend. He's an actor. Well, guess what he's doing now? He's a goddamn NASCAR racer. He's a yeah. NASCAR driver. That is absolutely nails. Just, he wanted to be a NASCAR driver. He went out and did it, and now he's racing NASCAR. It's, it's absolutely insane. Wait, that's legitimate? I saw a picture of that. I thought he was just a, like a fan at the race. No, he is. he's actually doing it. Like, he's he's a legit driver. <laughs> so sick you, have, you can bet on Frankie Muniz to win a NASCAR race on their bingo card <laughs> not me I thought Travis Pastrana was trying to do NASCAR as well but maybe he was uh, just doing the, the warm up laps or being a, a backup driver I don't know where that story actually came from because I didn't follow it up because yeah. I just don't watch I mean, NASCAR but. I mean I know some of, I know you have to be a really good driver and it, it does take a lot of skill but a lot of it is just how big a nuts you have you know like yeah it's just you're willing to just you're driving 200 and some miles an hour just neck and neck with guys like bumper to bumper i mean that just takes an, an enormous amount of balls to do so i think that's half the battle and that just must be what frankie muniz has and obviously travis pastrana has some of the one of the biggest sacks in america so um and then so yeah i wanted to shout that out and then my third one is going to be Jackson Blake Friday night. He uh, scored both goals. He scored the 
you know, tying goal or the, the first goal, and then he scored the overtime winner. And uh, he ended up, his celebration was throwing his stick in the stands to a couple of North Dakota fans. And you know what? That's the right way to do it. The game's over. No more games uh, over. You won. You threw it in the stands. You didn't do it in the first period where the other team could come back and win the game. Um, so he did it right. Had a hell of a game. Had to shout him out for that one. I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't get a penalty if the game is over at that point. So you just be smarter. So, yeah, props to him for realizing the situation and, you know, remembering it. It's a nice callback. So, yeah, I, I, I like that one. I, I have a no-nail gun. Um, didn't do my homework today, and I didn't find a nail gun. So, and nothing came up in my normal life, so I have to pass this week. No worries. Also, I'll, I'll take some uh, some time from you and, and use it for mine here. It's a future nail gun, and I guess technically it's a past one as well. But uh, I'll say all the volunteers that work the polar plunge events in Minnesota. So we're talking about the divers that sit in those suits in the the lake water for hours on end until they have to switch out with somebody else. We're talking about all the people that are running the booths, everybody that goes to those events and volunteers their time for the good cause. Awesome. Um, 10,000 takes me, boss, man, a couple other guys are doing the polar plunge again this Friday. Uh, I think we're doing it up on Nokomis this year, if I remember right. Um, so that is Friday, the third uh, of March. Um, so if you want to donate to me or any of the other guys at 10 K go to plungemn.org. Um, search for either Veach or 10 K. There's a bunch of names that'll come up there. Um, all the money goes to support special Olympics of Minnesota um, and so that goes basically to the athletes. And so just running through a couple of dollar amounts that help them out. $5 or every $5 gets an athlete a meal. $10 gets them a hearing screening. 60 is for eye exam and glasses for them. $300 goes for a full equipment for the season, depending on what types of different handicaps people have. Obviously, the different equipment is necessary. Um, but yeah, so great cause. If you have the ability to donate by all means, we would take anything that you've got there. It is a sweet example. If you don't have money to donate and just want to go support them, everybody loves the crowd out there. It's a really good time. Go, go watch it and, uh, just be a part of it and just see all the different types of people that are out there. It's a, it's a really cool thing. I like that. Yeah. Great call. Yeah. Good guy award. Love that. That'll be fun. Yeah, it, it is not fun for about 20 yeah. seconds, but the rest of the day is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably feel pretty, pretty refreshed after doing that. I mean, I remember taking, you know, doing the doing the plunge, um, you know, most of the time when I was doing it, it was on Sundays when I was hung as tits. And <laughs> I just needed to wake myself up and just jump in the cold tub and wake myself up. But yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a pretty good feeling once you get out of there and you you, you get warmed up a little bit. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. The worst part is trying to peel all those wet clothes off you in the the tent afterwards because I mean, oh. it just suctions to you. I think we wore uh, we wore full suits, ties, the whole deal last year, and trying to undo a, a a coat and buttons and everything else while it's all soaking wet. Not not the most fun, but again, like I said, totally worth it for the cause, um, and I'm happy to do it again. All right, listeners, get off your wallets. <laughs> Don't don't be a prick. Donate to a good cause. Come on. Yeah. Anything. Right. Literally anything Do else. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do All it. right. Let's move on to our uh, candy ass of the week here. Um, 
I'll start us off. I've got a couple. I am going to show. I'm. This is a hockey podcast, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna t- t- kind of take a dig at the NBA and basketball um, again for load management. You know, I've, I've I've been seeing people talk about load management. These 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 players. You know, here here's the thing: is I get that you're trying to be healthy and you want to. You know, you want to be playing at your best. You don't want to get injuries. But here's the deal: is they've got the best medical equipment, best medical staff in the world with them at all times. They've got all the recovery tools. They've, they fly private, they put, they fly private jets everywhere. It's not like their travel's tough, you know, um, they're getting paid $50 million a year. Plus it's like, I think you can play some basketball games. You know, if you, I think if you got a little sore ankle or, you know, maybe a, a sore forearm or something or a sore finger, you can probably still play in the basketball game. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's people out there paying to watch these guys play, and it is it, it it always sucks seeing you know you'll see stories every once in a while of people traveling um, to watch a certain player play, and then he's just sitting on the bench during the game because he's tired or you know he's just a superstar, so he just doesn't want to play that night. And it's just like, all right, like let's kind of stop this. It's candy ass shit. Yeah. It is. Yeah, um, a lot of times, Gage, they don't even have an injury for these load management games. They're just saying we're preventing yes. you from the possibility yeah. of getting yeah. an injury from a you know a wear and tear or a repeatable type motion um, activity. So yes, there are a couple ones, and I feel a little bit less bad about you know seeing a guy sit out if he's got some injury to rely on. But when you're sitting there like fully healthy and you're just sitting out, I think that's that's bananas. I always think about like Kobe Bryant and his explanation for why he tried to play through everything. And, you know, like you mentioned, like somebody's going to go spend a, a small fortune to go see a basketball game. If you're going to get a semi good seat anyway, to see these superstar players for like once a year, once every couple of years, even for some families, like you want to see that player play. And it's tough to be, to be sitting there and, and not put everything out there. It's just not the mentality that I've had growing up. So it's hard for me to understand, but yeah, I'm, well, I'm not a and, big fan of that. And it also kills an entire season. Like, for the Timberwolves for the longest time. Cause if, if you're an NBA team and you have a bad team, the only reason you want to go to a game is because, you know, Damian Lillard or Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant's coming to town. Giannis is coming to town. Well, if they're playing the Timberwolves and the Timberwolves are bad, none of those good players are playing in those games. They just sit yep. them out because they're like, we don't need to play against a shit team. So then there's absolutely zero point to go to those games. So then it's like, why does this team even exist? <laughs> yep. Um, the NBA is brutal on that. I love, yeah. I, I love that Ant Edwards came out and was against it completely. Yeah, yeah. Ant's a, Ant's a real one. I like that guy. I'm happy yeah. he's in Minnesota. Hopefully, he can, hopefully, he can get some guys to to play with him. But my second one, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's because I'm an old head, um, or if I'm just out of touch, but. I just tweeted about it. The the Michigan TikTok curse. The Michigan players were making a TikTok on the ice, and you know it's nothing. I don't think these guys in the in the video are candy ass, but it's just like 
To me, making a TikTok dancing video is just straight candy ass. I mean, you are a loser if you're making these videos. Like, <laughs> there's some t- there's some TikToks that are cool. Don't get me wrong, but these the ones the ones with the dances where you're just literally just shaking your hands like left and right. It's like <laughs> that's not fucking cool. Like, no one wants to see that. It's candy ass. It's just like don't don't do that. Just don't do that. I'm guessing by Veach's reaction, that was one of his candy ass. A hundred percent. That was the only candy ass I had. Um, I will add a couple of things to the story. One, they were doing the TikTok dance. It was before their, um, you know, stadium series or college stadium series, whatever you want to call it, between them and Ohio State, um, which I think should happen more. The ice sounds like it was a bit of a nightmare there. They should have it all in Minnesota or cold weather states instead of those garbage situations or you're trying to play when it's 50 degrees outside. But um, so they did it out in there. They are 0 2 and 1 since then with a shootout loss. So if you want to count losses as losses, technically they're 0 and 3 um, since that came out. And um, for this upcoming series, I saw a picture of Fantilli and I can't remember the second kid. Um, they cut their hair into mullets and they shaved the nice sunglass stripes in the side there. So they're just doubling down on the uh, the internet trends here, and they're saying, you know what, we'll we'll eat it, and you know they're they're just owning the the losses there, and they don't care what anybody thinks. So I love that. You, I love that they're owning it. I do. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Usually uh, you wait to do like the haircuts for dyed hair for like. It's a high school hockey state tournament thing, but UMD did that before they won their first uh, college championship in 2011. Usually wait for the playoffs to do that. They're a week early on the weird haircuts and everything, but um, more power to them, I guess. Just not the route I would go in the midst of a losing streak. Yeah, no. Mace, do you have a uh, candy ass partner? I've been looking. I don't have one this week, unfortunately. I don't That's either. all right. I don't That's either. all right. All right. Well, that's that's good for the can yes of the week. I think we got enough in there. Um, let's move on. Next subject. I did want to talk about the NHL trade deadline and what's going on in the NHL. Um, the Eastern the Eastern Conference is just absolutely ridiculous to me right now. You know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the the layout of what what's going to be the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So you got Carolina and Boston at the two one seeds. They didn't really do much at the deadline. But they're, they're, they're the two best teams in the Eastern Conference right now. Well, then you got New Jersey. New Jersey's right behind them. They just got Timo Meyer. Unbelievable pickup for them in the, coming in the playoffs. You got the Rangers, obviously, with Tarasenko and Kaner now, which is just nuts to think about that lineup that they're, they're putting on the ice now. And then you got Toronto. You've got Toronto with Ryan O'Reilly, and they they got Jake McCabe now from the Blackhawks. I mean, they're absolutely stacked. And then you got Tampa Bay, who's Tampa Bay. I mean, they still have all those guys. They could easily win it. It's just like when you think about it, it's it's absolutely insane that two of these teams that I just mentioned are going to be they're going to exit in the first round. They're done. It's, and they they all sold their farm. So it's like there's six of these teams that are just like. They could easily win the cup. And then over in the Western side, there's just really nothing going on. Yeah. I think, I think the NHL is the most realistic um, trade for, you know, value wise, like the NBA is absurd. They give up five first round picks four players. And then the NFL is like, I'll give a fifth round pick for a, you know, starting cornerback or something. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's really cheap in the NFL. And the NHL is kind of right in the middle there, but I don't get some of these trades. 
Like, why why did Tampa pay an arm and a leg for Tanner Janot? Like, no idea. No one and knows. I, the only thing that I can think of, and it's because I don't actually look into their their contract situation, like Kane was sold, for lack of a better term, for a conditional second and a fourth. The second could turn into a first if the Rangers make the final, whatever. Um, but he's only got like a year in his contract, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's a loner for the most part. So it's yeah. like you're giving up a potential and the Rangers that have to do that. Like it's a good move for them for them in their situation. That's nothing because they're playing right now. They've got all the people right now. They don't care about a, you know, 2023 or four draft pick that might be playing on the team by 2030. Like it's going to be a long way down the road, whatever. But some of these other people who like, there was a, a, the Minnesota wild, for example, they gave up like a third rounder for, um, uh, Marcus Johansson to come back yeah. here, who was, you know, I don't want to say mediocre here, but he certainly didn't make a massive impact. I don't think he's a top six person for, for most teams. He'll be a bottom six center. Maybe he cycles in on the second line there, but like that third round pick in the past has done really well for the wild. So if Marcus Johansson is here long-term and he is able to play at the, we'll even give him a half point per game player. Yeah, I guess that's worth it, but that's basically the ceiling. Like, there's no upside there, really. Yeah. Um, because he's not going to elevate some of these other players and put them in different positions than they are now. And how much better, in my opinion, this is where it gets kind of different and difficult for me to understand is how much better is he than the person he's replacing? Because I think it's got to be so marginal right now that I don't know that it's yeah. worth a third round pick and taking on additional salary. They've got a ton of space to do it, and I get that point of it as well. But, like, is he the best that we could get for that third-round pick? Is that why we settled for it? It's just confusing to me all around. Man, if I'm the Wild and I'm watching the East, the Eastern Conference, and I'm looking at Tampa, Toronto, Boston, the Rangers, Carolina, New Jersey, I'm just like, <laughs> we're giving up this year. We're going to try again next year because it's it's not going to happen this year. Well, now, here's the thing, though. Realistic. This is, this is the best part about being a Wild fan right now. If you are delusional enough to think that they can make it to the Stanley Cup, which they won't this year. But if you are, only one of those teams is going to make it there. You only have to beat them in one yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, they're all going to beat up on each other a little bit. And all that power is in one side. You're not going to have a gauntlet to run through. You're going to have three or four pretty decent teams. Maybe one really good one if Avalanche can stay fully healthy. Um, that you got to go to to make the Stanley Cup final. So, like, there's optimism to be had, but once you get there, it's a juggernaut standing yeah. in front of you. Every every team in the West right now would be battling for a wild card spot in the East. Yeah, none 100%. of them would be in the. None of them. They're the highest is seventy six points. They'd be they'd be right in the wild card, trying to battle for a wild card. It's nuts. Yep. That's how good the West is. It's great, or the East. It's crazy. Well, it's crazy, too, because you saw, I mean, even from two weeks ago now, I think the the Western playoffs looks completely different than it did before. I think Dallas is still up there, but um, Seattle's fallen off. Winnipeg's fallen off. You're getting Minnesota making a little bit more of a run now after their scoring drought because they're playing a little bit better on defense. And Gustafson is playing awesome. Um, you're seeing the Avalanche get back a little bit more healthy where they were outside of the playoffs uh, probably closer to a month ago for them. But, like, 
it's turnover all over the board there. Calgary's fighting for a playoff spot, and I think they've got a little bit more power to score than some of these other teams do, and they're a little bit more physical than some of these other oh, guys. Yeah. So, yes, it's going to be fun to see on both sides, but for completely different reasons and completely different styles of play. For sure. Um, well, I did want that, to – that's probably enough for the NHL trade deadline. We'll see how it pans out. We've still got a few days left. Hopefully the Wild can get a little more. Who knows? Maybe add someone to put put next to Boldy. I think that might make things a little more interesting. If they got someone to put next to Boldy, um, that'd make things a little more interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd believe a little more. Not that I Alex, believe 100%. But. Alex Micheletti on Twitter believes that Jordan Greenway is gone. Um, do you guys think that's – last question. Do you guys think that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Wild moving forward? Um, go ahead. I, I like Greenway. I like the way he plays, but I think his game is so replaceable by other players that I don't think he would be necessarily missed by anyone. I mean, it's not like, it's not like he's not valuable out there, but I think there's a lot of other guys who could just add that same value right away. Yeah. I I tend to agree with that. I just, and this is me not necessarily knowing personalities as well. I want to know what impact he provides like um, in the locker room as like one of the guys that holds everybody together or is he just kind of keep to himself? Is it like a, a vibe killer when he's around? I just, I don't know enough about him and I really don't think it's the last one. He seems like a nice enough guy. Um, But if he's providing some intangibles to the team, then I'd rather just see him stick around because based on the replacements that are out there right now, I don't know, and the Wilds cap space that we've got left, I don't know that we'd be able to find somebody that we mentioned before is even that next step marginally better. That being said, he has had a significant downturn in his production this year compared to last year. He's had a little bit more trouble staying healthy. Um, I don't know that he's got the explosive offense that they need really a ton of help with for, for if we're being really frank, they've got the best penalty kill in the NHL right now. I think they're like 23 for their last 23 or something. Gustafson is statistically the best goaltender in the last two weeks, or I don't remember what the time frame was on the last step that I saw, but defensively they don't need help. So if you can replace him with somebody that just scores and doesn't necessarily have great defensive stats might be worth a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, we'll move on from the NHL trade deadline talk um, into some other topics. I did want to bring up something funny I saw. You know, the MLB is doing this pitch clock now, which I think as just a casual baseball fan is awesome. Um, So I saw this video of, uh, gosh, what's his name? Baez for the – It was a pitcher. It was a pitcher for for the um, Cubs. Baez, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it quick here. Pedro Baez. Okay, so now a bunch of people are making edits. One of them was how many times, how many inside the park home runs could El Altuve, Jose Altuve hit before <laughs> before Pedro Baez throws one pitch. He, I think, I think the number was seven. He ran seven inside the park home runs before he threw a pitch, and then there was another one. Um, this they just they just did this one so it was a spring training game a full inning ended before he threw one pitch so a oh. full inning ended in this spring training game before 
Pedro Baez threw a single pitch, which is absolutely bonkers to think about. Like, they were taking this long to pitch the ball. Like it's just insane. I think I think that there needs to be a time and a place for it. Like I feel like it's really good for the first seven innings. I would love a pitch clock for the first seven innings. Then if it gets down to grind time, you know, I, I wouldn't mind bumping that up 10 seconds or so. Just yeah. imagine a big game. You got a, a pitcher on the mound, you know, one of the all-stars pitching against one of the, you know, Aaron Judge or whoever. There's got to be some, a little bit of dramatic pause there, doesn't there, in baseball? That's baseball. I think so. It's, I mean, that's part of the theatrics yeah, that yeah. make people like baseball is just like, you're you're playing a mental game with some of the other opponents. The more you make them sit there, the more they're overthinking the pitches and things like that. What I want to know, and this is me being somebody that doesn't know the true rules of baseball, so I'm out myself here a little bit. Is this going to increase the number of mound visits from the manager or a catcher or whoever else to like stall for time when you really don't Probably. want to be sitting there and taking a ball? Probably. I think. Oh. I think a lot. I think. It's going to change the game completely. I mean, somebody somebody's going to find a way to exploit it pretty well. For sure. Yeah. And I will say, um, and it's spring training, so they they don't play the same as they do in the season anyway. Um, there was just a, a screenshot I saw the day that the the Twins, whoever they were playing this afternoon, the game ended at two hours and twenty five minutes. So it is working at least in spring training. It's making the games quicker. But like I said, I don't know that everybody's putting full effort out there in spring training. Yeah. It's not the rosters you're going to see on opening day anyway. Um, but if you can get baseball games under three hours, I think viewership might start to go up again. You might see some people that say, oh, I don't have to spend the entire day at the ballpark um, if you don't want to. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what it does to the game. I mean, it, it'll be a little different. It's not that I will notice too much because I think I watch maybe four baseball games a year. Yeah. Um, but I will watch playoffs. Playoffs are awesome. Those are yeah. those are electric. You know, every yeah. pitch means so much. It's awesome. So I I forgot to throw out during my uh, weekend recap, and as long as we're going over things that um, are controversial, um, are you guys? Do you guys know what AAA is? What does AAA do? <laughs> yeah, so AAA is that like that service that you know you're supposed to call if you get a flat or you, your battery dies or you lock yourself out, and they'll just send someone on over and help you out. Yep. Okay. So their job, customer service, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Okay. So on my Sunday, um, Shelby, my fiance, um, got out of work and her car didn't start, and she works at the Minneapolis campus. Um, and so she's stranded and this just happened to be the night I went out with Matt Van Boris, uh, and had some beers and got home and didn't plug my phone in. And she, <laughs> she had called me the next morning and was like, Hey, I'm stranded. Like wake up, answer your phone to fucking do anything. And so, you know, worst case scenario, a nice Uber person brought her to the, to the house and, and all that good stuff. And, so I woke up and she's like, yeah, my car's dead. So I went down there. I tried to jump it myself. It didn't work. So I called AAA. My parents have a membership. And so I'm part of that. So I give them a buzz. I'm like, hey, man, you know, can we get this car towed back to our place in Minneapolis or in White Bear Lake? They're like, yeah, we'll have somebody out within the hour. We'll call you in uh, 15 minutes before or whatever to get details. Waited an hour. AAA didn't come. 
So I waited a little bit more. AAA didn't come. So I called them back and they're like, yeah, it looks like they're finishing up a tow nearby. Uh, they had some complications. You know, they'll be there within 45 minutes. I'm like, all right, perfect. So I'm sitting in my fucking car waiting for AAA to come. 45 minutes pass, hour and a half pass. I call them again. I'm like, bro, you know, I, I'm in customer service. I, I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm just like, I've been out here for four hours and your guy hasn't shown up yet. He's like, oh, yeah, we're seeing that, you know, you've been waiting a little bit for this, whatever. And I'm like, yes. They're like, all right, we'll, we'll pass this off to a different towing company. We'll give them a <laughs> call here shortly with the details. Well, they call me back in five minutes. They're like, yeah, we switched from Bob and Dave's towing to whatever it was. And all of a sudden, I hang up the phone. Bob and Dave's fucking... They must have called them and canceled as the guy was there. So that I see, <laughs> I see the tow truck pass. And then about 30 minutes later, the other guy showed up. So I was down there for five and a half hours <laughs> sitting in my car. <laughs> that sounds terrible. So tr- AAA is on my fucking do not call list for a long time. Five and a half hours. Did you get in any shit? Did you get in any shit for not charging your phone? Like Shelby had to come home and been like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I don't think she meant, I don't think she meant it to come off this way, but I was laying in bed and she walked in the door and she looked at me. I was sleeping. You know, I, I was in a hard sleep after a few beers and she goes, she goes, Oh, so you are alive. And then just, <laughs> no. So I kind of took that as a, oh no, something happened and I did something very wrong. <laughs> Those are always the worst when you have to try and guess what you did yeah. too. It's like racking your brain of, oh, what have I been through the last couple of days? I did. I made a mistake. I usually, when she's working the night shift, I usually plug in my phone on the bed in her charger so I can hear the phone if something happens. Yeah. I just, I threw it on my clothes in the corner. I didn't even plug it in, nothing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the last time I think I called AAA, um, the fiance got a flat tire and, you know, they the guy on the phone had said they would come through and patch it up, whatever, so that, you know, we had quite a bit uh, further to go mm-hmm. and we just didn't have a patch kit with us. He came out there and all he did was lower the, the little donut off the bottom and put it on. It's like, I could have done this if I was sitting here. I sat there, the same situation. It wasn't nearly as long, but probably an hour. Yeah. But like, if all you're going to do is drop this donut down from the bottom of the car and throw it on there, like that's simple enough for literally anybody to do as long as you can run a wrench and you've got the mobility to do it. But, yeah, you know, sitting there waiting for him to show up. And then once he started it, he was just like, well, I'm already here and I'm, I'm getting paid for it. So I might as well finish. So I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, I guess yeah. that's what they do. I, I appreciate what they do. I mean, they help a lot of people out, but fucking five and a half hours. I nearly I nearly slapped a local towing guy in the face and it wasn't <laughs> his fault. I was so mad. Oh, yeah. I would have been rattled. Oh, it was horrible. That's brutal. Um, all right. Well, I had one more topic I wanted to bring up. Um because I've seen this, I've seen, I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but I've seen this, you know, a lot of these videos popping up and uh, most of them are at the gym. So it's most, it's girls filming themselves at the gym and then being like, oh, this fucking creepers looking at me and fucking staring at me. It's like, well, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy who's like, well, you know, don't wear such slutty outfits. And then guys will look at you, you know, like 
those guys are like, well, don't wear a fucking skirt and I won't rape you or whatever. Like, it's like, all right, I'm not one of those guys, but these girls are just making outrageous workout videos. And it's like, how do you not like, even if some guy's making a workout video, like I'll be looking over at him and be like, look at this idiot. Like, why are they filming themselves squatting? Like no one gives a shit. Um, but yeah, I, I have a problem with those girls just, just calling everyone out. Like, Oh, why is this guy looking at me? It's like, what do you, what do you expect? I don't know. I don't know. And then I just saw this video. I wanted to ask you guys what you guys would do in the scenario. So this girl over in England is filming herself. Like she's like talking before <laughs> she's like talking before she starts her workout video. And there's a bench behind her and some old man, some old Englishman comes up and just sits on the bench <laughs> Just crosses his legs, sits on the bench right behind her, and she's like, "Up, oh, up, oh, up!" Oh, he's in my shot. I'm... She goes and talks to him. This whole thing's on video. She's like, "Hey, uh, I'm filming here. Um, it's a pretty big park. Could you just find somewhere else to sit?" And he's like, uh, "No, I think I'm okay. I think I'm good." <laughs> she's like, "She's like, uh, what?" And he's like, uh, "I think I'm good. Thanks." Uh, she's like, "No, like I, I'm filming here, and I just you're in my sh- you're in my video and." He's like, yeah, that's you could probably film somewhere else. There's plenty of spots to film. Um, he's like, he's like, I sit in this bench every day. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sit here. And she's like, well, they. She argued with him for like five minutes, and he's just like, I, I, I don't want to tell you. I'm, I'm not leaving. That's that guy's my. That guy's my. Yeah. That guy's my <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know. I would have pulled the same shit. It's a little petty. Like the guy did sit down. She was filming, but it's like lady you don't you can just turn the camera and film somewhere else like you don't need to film right in front of the bench where this guy's sitting like just move on like quit quit trying to and she's like trying to make it out like he's a bad guy like that he wouldn't move he's like sorry guys like he wouldn't move like sorry wrecked the video it's like no like you should just move yourself (laughs) the guy's just trying to sit in the park and he's like yeah no i I gotta make a phone call i this is where I sit, like I'm not moving. Dude was so calm the entire time, too. He was not phased one bit at all. Stone cold killer. Yeah, I didn't see the video, but like if if he said that he sits there every single day, that's that guy's bench as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Like that's that's his bench more than it is the city's property at this point. Like if you're going to make that part of your daily routine, that's his bench. And he has every right to sit there whenever he wants. As, as far as I'm concerned, he can tell somebody to get up from that bench, and that's his spot. Like old guys in their routines, they're pretty set in their own ways. And if you take them out of that routine, that's when they get grumpy, and you don't want to see them in that situation. Oh, yeah. So just let them be, and the, yeah. the world will be a better spot. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Yeah. So I, I just had a problem. I have a problem with all those gym videos and these girls making videos. It's like you know, the world. We're not living in your world, all right? Yeah. Just. Guys are simple creatures. I, I, you know what? I love my fiance to death, but guys like butts and boobs. And if you're wearing things that show off your butt and boobs, a guy's gonna look at you. I'm sorry. It's it, it's like ingrained in our brain. It's a it's a fact. I was watching Survivor with her not too long ago, and the girl where she's you know they don't wear much clothing in that show. The girl's wearing a nice bra and. I made a comment on her boobs. It's just the way guys are wired. I'm sorry. Uh, if I have to apologize for the entire male people, I do that. I'm sorry that we look at your button boobs. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like Ron White's comedy skit. You remember his comedy skit, Ron White's the older guy who drinks whiskey and smokes a cigar while he's doing it? 
he's kind of a raunchy old man who doesn't really care. And he's like, he does the skit about, he's like, yeah, I mean, guys just want to see boobs. He's like, you get me. A, I mean, I walk into a bar, big fat naked biker chicks. Like, you want to see my boobs? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's like, I don't think that's hot, but yeah, sure. I'll see. I'm like, yeah, I'll take a look. <laughs> I don't know why, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trevor. Similar to similar to what you had brought up with Survivor, the uh, the girlfriend and I are w- rolling through the new season of Love Island right now. It's the the one trash TV show that I just can't get enough of. That British accent, and they've got some Aussies on there now, is just hilarious to me. Um, but I've been I've been teaching the girlfriend the the lingo for what we're talking about when we're talking about you know <laughs> girls in the locker room. I'm saying. Oh, she's got some nice bolt-ons. Those calcium cannons are just <laughs> wrapping around. That's like, hilarious. Yeah, she's she's loving it. She's laughing at it a little bit. She knows there's nothing serious behind it. It's just things that you yes. notice. And then, like, talking about it makes it that much fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have, you guys, uh, have you guys heard of the new reality show, Milf Manor? No. <laughs> Uh, so it's the craziest. Look at all the guys are just like, no. It's <laughs> like a good one. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. So like, get a mom, and they're baddies. Like yeah. every single one of them are just it's a milf. It was a, it's yeah. a mom you'd like to fuck. Yeah, and then it's like twenty mid twenty year old guys, their sons, and they're hitting on each other. Like the guys are hitting on the other people's moms. Well, at one point. Uh, they had the people reveal their biggest secret to their son or daughter or son. One of the moms said she fucked his best friend. <laughs> that's so why sick. would you? That's so sick that you can't say that on national on TV. But that is so sick. And I mean I, the guy. Oh, oh I God. mean, I don't. I don't blame the best friend in that scenario. No. It's like. If you're if you got a hot mom and she's willing to bang your best friend, that's on your mom. I don't blame the buddy because <laughs> yeah. that's just too hard to turn down as your friend. Like you don't, you don't you just you don't come across that opportunity just any time. It's any teenage boy's dream. It's it's, <laughs> it's in a lot of search bars across America. Let's just say that. I'll say this right now too: is like his buddy is a bigger person than most for never bringing it up. Like you're telling yeah. me. If they've been friends for a long time, I know for a fact they've been in like some sort of argument. And that guy had that thought, like, oh, I banged your mom. And he never said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. He's the best friend of all time. Like, yeah, he did that, but like he never brought it up. So I say, yeah, you know, yeah. it kind of outweighs yeah. the uh, the consequence. Milf man. All right. Yeah, I'm going to have to turn that one on. I, I had one more kind of on this, a little bit on the subject, kind of not, but it's, I don't know if you've seen that video of this guy resurfacing. This guy, this guy is in LA with like it's like four guys on one side and four girls on the other, and they like argue about like relationship stuff or whatever. And this guy's going viral for a couple of clips, but I wanted to bring up the clip where he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I I, I want to find a girl, I want to make her my wife, and, and then this girl across the table is like, oh oh, what'd you say? You want to make her your wife? She's your property or what? Like. She's just all pissed. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a mutual thing. You know, like I'm not, I, I want to make her my wife and you know, she's not going to like, he says like, he says like, yeah, you know, and there's going to be some, you know, 
there's things I look for in girls and, and I don't want them being out at the club. And she's like, Oh, you think you're going to find a wife that doesn't want to go to the club? Good luck, buddy. It's like, and I was just watching this. I'm like, I think like more than 75% of women don't want to go to the club. And I also don't think saying like, you want to make someone your wife is some derogatory term because you do want to make, like, if you yes. want to make, if you want to make a girl, your wife, like you do everything you can to like impress her and make her happy and make her, you know, impressed with you to where she will say yes to marrying you. And like, it's almost to where the point where you do ask her to marry you. It's a rhetorical question because you already know she's going to say yes, because you did make her your wife. You did everything you could to make her your wife. And I just, I just got so pissed at that girl. I was like, does that girl actually think that's reality? Where like every single girl out there is just wanting to go to the club and get hit on and just, it's just, it's, it just pissed me off. Like that girls think that way. It's just stupid. Like, no, I'm not, no, he's not going to just force some girl to be his wife and say, Hey, I'm making you my wife. Let's go right now. Like that's not how it works in America. I don't think. No, that, that guy was just missing a couple of words and I don't think he was missing any words, but in her mind, what he should have said and what I think he implied, and there shouldn't be an argument to begin with, was I want to do enough to make her want to be my wife. Like, that yeah. is what he's saying, and that yeah. is what she wants him to say, and there's just a misunderstanding there, and some people just don't get that, and it's bananas. And I, I just couldn't believe she's like, the comment by her, like, good luck finding a girl who doesn't want to go clubbing, and I was just like, why is she serious? Like, pretty sure most people have never even been in a club. Like, yeah, She's talking about like her TikTok friends, which is like 0.2% of the population. Well, and the Michigan guys. Yeah. <laughs> Gage, I haven't, I haven't seen you that fired up in a while, man. You went on like a 20-minute rant there. Yeah, I was pissed. I was pissed at that video. I want—I was just so mad at that girl. I, w I wish I was around the table so I could just roast her at the time. She's like, what are you talking about? You are an idiot. Get her on the pod next week. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm getting sick. I don't know if I'll be here. But that's all the subjects I wanted to bring up, guys. If you got anything else, let me know. But uh, that was a good episode. We've got a good one coming up next week. We did have a guest scheduled for this week, but we uh, I got a little sick on Monday when the only day he could do it. So we're, we pushed it off to next week. So sorry about that, folks. But we'll have him on next week. That'll be a good one. Nice episode, fellas. And uh, thanks, for thanks for tuning in, listeners. We'll see you all next week. Bye.